So we're in the middle of our series, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God or Tuned In. And so you realize that you can tune in to a lot of different things. If you have children, you're kind of like, uh, I want you to tune in to the right radio station. I don't want you to tune into a radio station where they're going to be uh, rapping a bunch of cuss words and all kind of other stuff. Um, I don't mind rap. I didn't used to like rap. And then um, at Rhema, I got exposed to a little bit of rap. And then later on, there's a guy that uh, attends most of Pastor Mark's meetings. Um, uh, well, he goes by the, the title minister. He'll probably come in here sometime. But man, that guy is full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word of God. And when he raps, it is amazing. I mean, you get revelation off of a rap. Now, I've heard him try to sing. You don't really want him to sing for you. Uh, <laughs> but he's excellent at rapping. And what he's most excellent at is he loves the Lord. He used to be called... Uh, he was a rapper in the world, and his, uh, I don't know what they call that, because again, I'm not a, I didn't listen to a lot of rap, but he used to be called Sinister, was his label, Sinister, like he sinned a lot, you know, so he just changed it to a minister. <laughs> and, uh, but he's uh, full of the Holy Ghost and full of the Word of God and just uh, a tremendous blessing. But you want to know, like, what are your kids tuning into? And my kids are a little young to be, you know, they don't listen to the radio, radio, uh, but still, I want to know, like, what voices are speaking into their life and uh, what inputs are, there, are they getting? Because I know that what they get, they're going to actually become. They say, like, garbage in, garbage out. So if you start putting a lot of garbage in your kids or in yourself, you'll end up getting a lot of garbage out. And, um, uh, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why it's so important what you're thinking on, what you're looking at. Sometimes we say, well, I'm not going to look at that, but I'm going to think whatever I want to think. That's very dangerous because as you think in your heart, you are, and what happens is thinking is really a form of meditation. Uh, meditation is not just like sitting here, if I sit here and cross my legs and just started humming and tried to empty my mind. Uh, that may be like a, a view of meditation that the world has, but meditation is actually uh, turning over, churning over, muttering, um, looking at different ways, a subject or an item. And one of the best ways to learn what meditation is, is how many people have ever worried about anything, right? So if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. That means you're like, you have undue focus on this. And Jesus actually told us in Matthew chapter 6, he said, don't take thought for your life, what you eat, what you drink, what you're going to put on. Um, uh, I know you need all these things. They're going to be taken care of. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So he's telling us, actually, don't think on all this stuff. Well, why? Well, as you start to think about something, especially a problem, it gets larger and larger and larger. And so all of a sudden, maybe you have a disease that they, they say, this disease is incurable. And so you start to uh, look at that, and the doctors tell you, uh, here's what it is, and you know, you've basically got uh, you know, three months to live, and here's the course it's going to take. It's going to go this, 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 and this. And so... Um, uh, and the doctors are doing their job and telling you, uh, according to the natural, if nothing changes, this is the direction that your body is going based on our experience, and this is what's going to happen to you. So, um, but you want to know, like, what, what's my filter? What am I getting? So then maybe you'll, like, go to Google. And so you're going to look up Google, and you're going to find, like, you know, however many people you want to find on Google that had the exact same condition. And most of the time when you find that stuff, you find out theirs was a very serious case. And, uh, it was actually went faster than what the doctors said, and it was worse than what the doctors said uh, because people end up sharing uh, the difficulties more readily than what they share successes. And um, 
So it's important that we don't allow our focus and our meditation to be on uh, the natural things, the natural course of things, if you want God's best. God would not design a plan for your life or my life, and he has not designed a plan for your life or my life that does not require faith because he wants us to please him. And uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please God without faith. Because to begin with, you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you don't believe that, you can't even come to him. And that's an act of faith, believing that. So if you believe that, you're actually going to do something about it. If you believe that God exists and that he rewards those that seek him, you're going to start taking steps to like find God, to seek out God, to see faith is doing, what is this? I believe he is. And so, but you can't come to him without faith, and that's an act of faith. So faith is doing something, and faith is uh, putting things in motion. Well, we've talked about the makeup of mankind. And the makeup of mankind is we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. With our body, we contact the physical realm. The voice, actually, of the body um, is your physical senses, what you see, what you hear, uh, what you can touch, a sense of touch, smell, and taste. And that's the voice of your body. And so you can tap into the voice of the body really well if you're hungry right now and you start to think about food or if you actually smell like some brownies cooking or some steak or any type of food like that. That's the voice of your body, right? Because it's, it's coming through a sense and you're getting that. And so when you stop and look and say maybe you had like a wart on your hand, and you're like, this is ugly, and it's painful, and I don't like it, or maybe it's not painful, you have a wart, and you see that wart, and so, but you see the Word of God says, by the stripes of Jesus you were healed, that he in uh, his going to the cross took every sickness and every disease upon himself. So you see that, but what you see is you keep looking at this wart that's on your hand. And so um, what you give the most attention to, that's the direction you're going to go. So if you're like researching the word on the internet and you're finding all this stuff out about the word and, you know, um, then you just look at the word and you see that more than you see the word gone, uh, then you find like, oh, I'm not in a good place. I need to renew my mind with the word of God. So you have the, the physical part of your body and then you have the um, mental part or the soul part, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And most people uh, find themselves in one of these two categories, how you're living life. So you're living life according to uh, what your body wants. And, uh, you know, I will not say publicly which airport I was flying into, but uh, not too long ago I was flying to a particular airport, and in the terminal area, you know, you got people that gather in the terminal area. When I first moved out here and started coming, uh, we have a a look and a culture and a way about us, us uh, metropolitan D.C. people. So, like, I can go to walk by terminals and be like, oh, that that one must be going to D.C. almost without even seeing the label. So this particular one, the people were (laughs) well-fed. And um, so the reason I say that is it's real easy to start responding to the desire of your flesh for food Mm -hmm. uh, because all of us have a desire for food, hopefully. If you don't, you you actually have some, um, you need some healing uh, because your body needs food. So... Um, you can look and see you have that desire of the flesh. Of course, a sexual desire is a, a desire, excuse me, a desire of the flesh. Um, and uh, you could say, like, uh, I want to tell you off. I really want to tell you what I really think of you. 
I really want to tell you what you're really doing. That's kind of your flesh acting up and uh, wanting to be gratified. And uh, especially if you're right and the other person's wrong, <laughs> you know, be like, I told you so. Your spirit, I told you so. Um, well, that's kind of your flesh rising up. That's not the voice of your spirit. Uh, your flesh wants to be gratified. You know, one thing, I'll take a little side, side journey real quick, but uh, one way that you can ascertain, like, you know, we looked, and we're going to look at the scriptures again, uh, in Proverbs twenty twenty seven says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, that's King James, or bringing a light, or um, uh, searching out the inner parts of who you are. So the spirit of God is going to actually speak to you by your spirit. And... Um, one thing that you can always tell, is this God speaking to me or is this not God speaking to me? Um, the Lord does not glorify you or me. He glorifies Jesus Christ. Because really what happens is the Spirit of God is going to speak to you, to your spirit. And then you, you pick that up in your spirit and uh, your spirit will speak to you or you'll know just in the spirit, in your own spirit. And... Um, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, he'll not even speak of himself. Whatever he hears, that will he speak, and he will glorify me. So if the Holy Spirit's communicating with us in our spirit, and we're saying, okay, this must be the leading of the Lord, this must be the Lord, then it's going to glorify him. So if you're saying, like, I want to tell you off, I want to tell you how much I knew and all this type of stuff, da, 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 you know, when you start to really grow in the things of God is when you start to realize I don't have anything that I have not received. Everything I have, I have received from the Lord. So in myself, I'm not that amazing. And um, uh, the challenge comes when you actually have some giftings and talents, uh, maybe in your body. Maybe you're excellent at sports, a certain sport or a certain thing. Uh, or maybe you have some natural, um, uh, every good thing still comes from the Lord, but you show uh, natural reasoning abilities or things in the mental capacity and uh, I think that maybe can be a harder area because you look to yourself and like, okay, I can figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. Once I figure it out, I know it's going to do this and this and this and this. And um, you can even figure out the Word of God. You look at the Word of God, I figured it out. Uh, well, you, if you feel that way in your heart, you're really looking to yourself. You're not looking to the Lord. So anyhow, just a short side journey is if you're wondering, is this um, the Spirit of Christ speaking to my spirit? The Spirit of Christ will always glorify Jesus Christ. Now, God will exalt you. If you humble yourself before the Lord, he will exalt you, but it's not you exalting yourself. And you kind of know that, like on the inside, like this is a selfish thing that I'm doing or I'm enjoying, like, everybody look at me. I got the answer right, you know. Um, uh, but we put that under. So Proverbs twenty twenty seven: the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Um, the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Um, read the Amplified. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Spirit itself, or as the margin says, himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amplified. The Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirits, assuring us that we are the children of God. So you, you hear people say like the inward witness or the inward voice, an inward voice. I love the description of the inward witness because uh, like I said a few weeks ago, it's kind of like if we saw an accident happen out here 
And, uh, you know, all of us were out in front of the building, and all of a sudden we saw it, and I'm like, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. You know, what happened? Well, it was a red car. Yeah, yeah, it was a red car. You're right. And so the voice of the Spirit is kind of like that when the, the still small voice or the inward voice, um, the inward witness, in such that, did you see that? You saw it? Yes, I saw that. Okay. So let me give you a couple uh, practical examples here in just a minute. So Jesus said... Um, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within him, themselves. I'm going to read these again because they're so, um, they, they bring so much light. So you're hearing how uh, different people in the Bible, starting with Jesus, described what the spirit said to them. So Jesus perceived in his spirit. And then Mark 8, 12. But he, he Jesus, sighed deeply in his spirit. Um, why does this generation seek a sign? Luke 1, 46 and 47. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. We talked about like sometimes your spirit feels like it's doing flips on the inside. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now we'll go to the uh, Acts of the Apostles. Acts eleven twelve. And the Spirit bade me go with them. Um, Acts 16, 7. The Spirit suffered them not. Acts 17, 6. His Spirit was stirred in him. Acts 18, 5. Paul was pressed in the Spirit, Acts 20, 22. Behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, Acts 27, 10. Uh, and he said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. He said, I perceive. 2 Corinthians 2, 13, I had no rest in my spirit. 1 John 5, 6, and it is the Spirit that bears witness. So it's real interesting. Um, I'm not saying you can never say this, but None of these scriptures that I have pointed out said, God told me such and such, but I perceived this. Um, there's, there's another passage, I didn't read it, but it says, it seemed good to me in the Holy Ghost. So uh, your natural uh, self will look for, I want something like spectacular. I want like a, an audible voice, or I want someone to prophesy to me, or I want to have a vision so I know what to do. But that's not the primary way that God leads. The primary way he leads is through the inward witness. Through like the, yeah, 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 go ahead, that's right. Uh, go ahead and do that. So some examples of this, like uh, different ways to describe the inward witness, I would say like a green light. So if you're driving down the road, you have a red light or a green light, you're going to kind of, you see the green? Okay, yeah, go ahead. You're just going to kind of uh, keep going. A red light, you're going to start to stop. It's a go-ahead signal. Um, sometimes you can't tell how you know, you just know. And you'll know like, okay, this is not, uh, this makes no sense. Actually, that's the nicest when that happens, when it doesn't make head sense, but you're just like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm supposed to do this. Um, it seems good on the inside. Seems like we should do this. This seems right. Uh, it's very peaceful. You're at rest and you're at ease. And again, you have to remember three-part being, spirit, soul, body. So you may, your head may be screaming, like, okay, one way to, to, to ascertain that, at least easy for me, is in giving money. Sometimes my head is screaming like, that does not work in the checkbook. Now, I'm not saying uh, when I say that, I don't give more than what's in my checkbook. You know, I have to give, and then I give that, but I had that assigned to something else, right? I wanted that to go somewhere else, and I felt like the Lord told me to give that. And so my head is screaming, but I know in my heart, no, you, you should do this. You should do this. We actually had um, in Michigan, when we lived there, uh, we had uh, just been given a van, and uh, we only had one car, 
And uh, we had uh, two kids at the time, I think two kids at the time, and we were given a minivan, and uh, we were so thankful for it. And then we were talking to this couple, they were getting ready to go to Bible school in Dallas, Texas, and um, I was so happy because I'm like, we've got this van, it's going to make it so much easier. We lived about six miles from the church where I worked, and, um, and uh, it was just going to be much more convenient to have two cars. And I saw this couple, and immediately on the inside, uh, I want to say I heard, give them that car. But I didn't hear that. It was like a witness. It was like a, a pulling or a nudging or like, this seems really good to do. Like, yeah, 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 you should do that. You know, and so and then I was kind of like, Lord, do you want me to give that car? And it was, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, like, I don't know if that's you. I mean, we just got this car. <laughs> like, somebody just gave us this car. Why would, why would you be like saying, give it away? Like, you know, and... Um, so I said, okay, Lord, do you, it's, it's two of us here, so you have to talk to my wife too. So I said to my wife, I said, Melody, uh, you know this couple, they're going to Bible school, yeah, 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 and I was trying to get her to say something, you know, like, so what do you think? And um, I don't remember if I said it first or you said it, but the Lord had said the same thing to her. And I said, okay, you know, because in my head I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, we just barely got this. We actually had to pay some money to be able to give it to them. <laughs> So anyhow, we uh, gave them this van uh, at the leading of the Lord, but that didn't make sense to my head, you know, and the same type of thing I was saying maybe during the time of worship through giving is that, uh, you know, I'm thinking that's going to be much better for my wife because if I go to work, she's not stuck at home because I would go to work and she'd be stuck at home. Uh, But uh, it was so blessed to give, and uh, we found out in the process that they were moving to Bible school. They didn't really have anything. And they didn't have a, they had five kids, I think. And their car could not fit all of their kids. And they were leaving in like three or four days to go to Bible school to move. And so we were able to be used of the Lord to give them a vehicle where all of them had a seat with a seat belt. And they got to go to school. And I think they still have the car. I'm not sure. That's been probably four years ago. But um, sometimes with me, at least, with financial things, it's, um, it's uh, easy to discern, like, okay, this is not me, because I really, I really, I mean, I like to give to people, but still, you're kind of like, oh, come on. <laughs> and so, uh, the opposite, sometimes it helps to find out what things are not, uh, helps us to isolate what they are. So, you could call it, like, you know, don't do that, so like a check, you know, uh, an une- uneasiness. Some people call it like an ooh on the inside or you, you get uncomfortable. I know I'll be in certain conversations, uh, uh, different situations, and people are, you feel like people are pressing you to do it. And you're just kind of like, you just want to get out of the conversation. Like, oh, I just don't want to be here. Or, like I said, the story when Jesus appeared to Brother Hagen in 1959 and taught him about the office of the prophet, which he stood in. Um, he said, I'm going to teach you how to be led by my spirit. I want you to go te- teach people that. One of the examples he gave was, he said, you are trying to write this guy to go speak at his church. And it was a church, I think, of like 4,000 people. And so as a traveling minister, if you've got a church of 4,000 people or you come to this church right here, where do you think you'll have a bigger offering? Probably the 4,000 one. Not always, but most of the time, you know, natural thinking. If you're thinking along the natural, it goes right along with my message. Uh, you're going to think, let's go to the 4,000 one. Well, every time he would start in that day, you know, they didn't have email and um, it was expensive to use the phone. So every time he would go to uh, write a letter to this pastor confirming, yes, I would like to come, he said, I would write it. And I found myself, I would just tear it up or I'd crunch it up and throw it in the trash. And didn't even know why he did it, not really conscious of it. Uh, well, he had a check about doing that. 
And um, that was like the Spirit of God saying, no, no, don't go there, don't do that. Um, uh, so sometimes you'll even get short. When I say get short, that doesn't mean like you shrink, but you like snap. Like, so when are you going like, when are you, when are you to decide to do this? Well, I don't know, da, da, da. You know, I know uh, up in Michigan, the pastor there, they had a um, situation where, um, huh, how, do I, how do I say this? Well, I can say it because actually I researched it way back and found out that my heritage was Dutch. So in, um, in the, you ever heard of let's go, uh, let's go out to eat Dutch treat? Anybody know that? Okay. So Michigan, I didn't know this when I moved there, but it was a, a very Dutch area. So what Dutch treat is, he said, hey, come, let's go out to eat. Let's go out today, Dutch treat. That means you pay for yours, I pay for mine. So I treated you. It's a Dutch treat. They say like the Dutch are really tight, you know, they, can, they really can uh, squeeze everything out of the finances. So after the natural, that's probably true. Um, so anyhow, um, the whole reason I had to mention that is the pastor there is Dutch. And um, he, at the beginning of their ministry, uh, he and his wife were offered by some friends an uh, all-expense-paid skiing trip. So everything's paid. And um, I don't even remember which one it was, either him or his wife. I think it was his wife kind of had a check about it. And, like, uh, she even had a dream, I think. He had a check. She did, too, but she didn't tell him. Oh, okay. She had a check, too, and she didn't tell him. And he had a check. But what happened? And he's paying. It was like, you know, he felt, oh, we shouldn't do this. But he was like, man, he's paying for the whole thing. <laughs> and so his natural side kind of came out where like, well, that's, that's good. We have to go. Somebody like they're offering. We wouldn't, now we wouldn't want to like dishonor them by not accepting their gift. And um, I'm trying to be a little funny, but this is actually how it all happens to all of us. Because we start to justify and reason out and figure out what you want to do. Because your flesh is like, okay, let's go. I don't want to have to pay for this. This will be great. We can go do that. That'll be a lot of fun. And, um, uh, you know, so then you start to come up with what I call, like, sometimes you can do like a pros and cons list. Uh, pros and cons list is one of the ways to uh, maybe ensure that you're not getting God's best. Uh, because that's the realm of reason. So you're trying to figure all of this out. And... Um, so to make a long story short there, they ended up going, and um, she broke her leg, and uh, it was not a good situation, uh, those type of things. And, um, you know, they tell it publicly, so I, I'm not insulting them by telling that. You know, it's just kind of like how you learn, and there were some more details to the story. But uh, you follow the leading of the Lord, and he'll take care of you, and he'll protect you, and, and things don't always make sense. So another thing would be, uh, you know, it's difficult. You have difficult to commit for some reason. Um, and all of this stuff, uh, you have to understand, your personality greatly affects your ability to follow God. So what will happen so many times is we will let our personality override the voice of the Spirit of God, and we may even um, attribute the voice of our personality as the voice of God's Spirit. So maybe like you're like, uh, I'm, I'm an analysis, analyst type of personality. So maybe I could like figure A, B, C out or like, you know, uh, my mother-in-law said something bad to my father-in-law or my father-in-law said something bad to my mother-in-law. So the whole reason that such and such is happening is because I observed this situation. I didn't. <laughs> I just get to pick on them. Um, and so that's why this is happening. Well, I can say like, God told me that this is what happened, but that's not actually true. 
I just looked at some natural things or reasoning ability and those type of things. And then what happens is you actually start to convince yourself, yeah, I heard from God on that and this happened. And then um, when you use the same thing on a different situation and it doesn't work out the same way, your faith is actually shaken because you're not looking to God, you're looking to yourself. And uh, you can do it on purpose as a, as a um, reaction to insecurity, or I think more often you end up doing it by accident just because that's how, how you've learned to live. Um, because all of us start out living by the flesh. Because I said, like, senses are the voice of the flesh. So when you have a newborn baby, they're going to cry because what? They're wet and they don't like how it feels. Or they're hungry and they don't like how it feels. Or they smell food and they like how that smells. So uh, just from the, the first part that you're born, you, you start to be trained uh, to gratify your senses and to gratify your flesh. And if you have to use the restroom, you want to gratify your flesh. So it's not always bad to gratify your flesh. I'm trying to be real, real, because it's like, you know, uh, there's things where, you're, you know, some people, um, <clears throat> the devil really wants to have people go to extremes. And that's where legalism comes from. And so you get a whole legalism. Really, it's a lot easier. It's a terrible life, but it's a lot easier to say, I will never again ever eat such and such because I overate this one time. Or I will never again. Um, you hear it in dating relationships where a man or a woman hurt the opposite sex. You know, they were dating and they're like, I'm never going to date another woman in my life. Or I'm going to never date another man in my life. And you're just trying to like, it's actually you're hurt and you're trying to protect yourself. But if you go to extremes, um, the devil wants to keep you in the extremes so that you're like, um, you know, you see it with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. People will be like, uh, I really don't uh, know the Holy Spirit. I don't trust the Holy Spirit. I'm just going with this Word. Uh, it's realistic. Whatever I can see, whatever makes sense to me, that's what I'm going to do. Or they go to the other side and they kind of like don't really talk about the Word very much. And they're kind of like, well, whatever you feel, you draw near to the Lord. And um, the way you actually get nearest to the Lord and closest to the Lord is through the Word of God illuminated by His Spirit. Uh, because uh, it's the will of God, it's the words of God. And um, you think about somebody that you're close to, sometimes you just want to talk to them or you just want to hear them talk to you. You just want, you just want to um, uh, be intimate. So uh, you might find yourself saying, I'm going to regret this. Have you ever, I don't know if you ever, don't raise your hand, but I've, uh, let's see, I know of somebody, right? Because you can have, actually be saying, I've heard people speak those words. I don't know why I'm doing this, I'm going to regret it but they just keep right on doing it. And so that's an indication that maybe uh, you have a check. <laughs> uh, something's not right. You're just uneasy. You can't get settled on it. And you're kind of like, oh, you know. And uh, that's why some people will say follow peace uh, because the peace of God goes beyond your understanding. So maybe your understanding is confused, but you just have a peace on the inside. Like, no, I know I should do this. Um, I, I know this is, uh, I can't explain how I know it, I just know it. Well, that's because uh, it's from the voice of your spirit. Really, somebody said conscience is the voice of your spirit. Can you follow your conscience? Well, if you're born again, you can follow the voice of your conscience. Um, but where we have to pay attention is, is our mind renewed with the word of God. And like I said a couple weeks ago, probably the last two weeks, is that when your mind is renewed, uh, your, your mind controls your body, and your body controls what you do, what you say, where you go. 
So if your mind is unrenewed, um, then uh, your mind is going to uh, side in with your flesh desires. But if your mind is renewed, your mind will side in with the Word of God and your spirit. So then uh, you can actually follow the right path. And what happens is we don't have as renewed of a mind as what we may think many times. And that's where we get on a, a, a dangerous territory, like you're kind of like walking on thin ice. Uh, to where you're like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but your mind's not renewed in that area. And so you actually start responding from reason or from your flesh uh, when you're like, well, I've read that scripture. By his stripes I'm healed. Uh, that would be a really good example because maybe you, you have something in your body and uh, you're saying like, well, it says by his stripes I'm healed, so I refuse to go to the doctor. But on the inside you have like a little nudge that you should go to the doctor. Uh, why in the world would the Lord lead you to go to the doctor if he says, like, he healed you by his stripes? And that's a reality, and it is. Uh, maybe the Lord knows where you're at more than you know where you're at. And so uh, the Lord wants you to be healed and to be healthy, and also there may be other reasons that, um, you know, you may have other uh, appointments and different things. So let me read you a story, a short story about John G. Lake. I don't know if you've heard of John G. Lake, uh, but he's in heaven now. He had a tremendous healing ministry, and... Um, he, uh, he has a great example, I think, of being led by the Spirit of God. Um, he said, do you know that voice, Christian heart? The voice is so common that I never even spoke of it to my wife. Um, he said, um, a dear man received an injury that caused his death in a motor accident not far from Beaverton. The day after this man was killed, I was, coming, uh, I was visiting some friends in Beaverton, and they told me of his injury. After the visit, my wife and I were driving into the city. As we were coming up one of the highway, a voice said, pull over to the left side of the road. So this is, I think it's over in uh, Washington or Oregon. So it's the United States, which means like the left side of the road is the wrong side of the road to drive on. It's actually going through like a, a little mountain pass. And um, he just had a voice on the inside that said, pull over to the left side of the road. So he didn't stop to think about it. He pulled over to the left side of the road off on the edge by the shoulder there. And as soon as he did, um, a big uh, dump truck out of control came down the road and would have plowed them off the edge of the cliff had they been on the other side of the road. So sometimes, like, uh, the leading of the Spirit of God goes contrary to what you should do. Like, you shouldn't, like, disobey traffic laws and get on the wrong side of the road. You could get killed. Uh, but actually, by following the Spirit of God, their life was saved and preserved. So um, sometimes uh, it, it doesn't make natural sense what the Spirit of God says. And that's why you want to renew your mind and get acquainted with the voice of the Spirit of God, because you certainly don't want to go on the left side of the road because you thought it. Um, because you might, have, you might have some issues. I know um, uh, Keith Butler, uh, he used to have a church up in Southfield, Michigan. He turned over to his kids. He has a church in Austin now, and I think maybe one other one. I don't remember where the other one is. But he was with a group of uh, his pastors. He's a senior pastor at the church in Michigan. He had some other pastors with him. And um, they were traveling back home after having been on a ministry trip. And they were at the airport gate. And uh, he had a check in his spirit, don't get on that plane. And I don't remember how many other ministers were with him. I think it was three or four. And one of the guys said, well, you know, that's fine. I don't really care. I want to get home to my kids. And he said, uh, Pastor Butler said, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think you should do that. He's like, well, I'm going to do it. And the plane crashed and he died. And so the leading of the Spirit of God can actually 
save you, preserve you in huge things, but the leading of the Spirit of God can help you in small things as well. My grandmother was, uh, I think I related the story where Melody and I went and, um, to the hospital, and my grandmother had been to the hospital several times, but uh, I want to say, like, if, I'm, if I just say this, I didn't know why at the time, like, why are we going this time? We didn't go the other times. In hindsight, I knew it was the leading of the Lord. And sometimes the leading of the Lord is that way. It's still a small voice so that you might miss it if you didn't pay attention. And so we went down there, had a great time, got to see her and, um, uh, before she went home and went to heaven. And that night, uh, as we were leaving, we're going back, and uh, she was still alive, and my brother called and said, uh, you know, she's gone into cardiac arrest. Please pray. And so we start praying. And um, it was like, you ever pray, and it's like you're praying by yourself. The Lord is not there. You're just out on your own asking for this. That's what it was like, excuse me. And so uh, I asked my wife permission to tell this story. So when we're doing this, I said, babe, I think she's gone. She's like, no, no, we're not going to let her go. We can't do this, you know, and da-da-da. And so uh, she prayed a little longer and stuff like that. And I said, you know, I think, I think uh, she, uh, she's not coming back, you know. <laughs> I think she's gone. And we didn't know at that time that she had passed away. It's just when you get in prayer, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm out here on my own. And so we talked about it afterwards, and she said, well, I felt the same thing. I just didn't like it because I didn't want her to go. And um, that's the way the leading of the Lord is so many times. You're like, you know, he's speaking to us, but we don't like the answer. So we're trying to, like, suppress it or get beyond it, and that's why we'll come up with our pros and cons list. And so we're like, well, should I do this? Should I do this? And you really kind of know. And... Um, Many times I know people would come to Brother Hagin because he was used as a prophet. They would come and like, okay, tell me what I'm supposed to do in this situation. And he would say, um, what do you sense right down here on the inside? Well, I'm supposed to do such and such. He's like, well, then just go do that. <laughs> because uh, we're to be led by the Spirit of God, not by people that the Lord has put in offices to operate like that. Really, if somebody prophesies over you or to you, that should be a confirmation of something the Lord is already doing in your heart. And uh, if it doesn't confirm it, then just set it to the side. Don't act on it. Uh, because we all know in part, like Paul said, and we prophesy in part. So we don't see the whole part. We don't know the whole part. And um, uh, you don't want to uh, be led by some natural uh, person prophesying. And not to say that uh, when you prophesy, like when I prophesy, I am the one speaking. I'm speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit of God right now. It comes through my filters. In fact, Brother Higgins said, um, I don't recall the guy's name right now, but this guy was very educated. He had a huge vocabulary, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he began to uh, interpret tongues and also prophesy. And when this guy prophesied, Brother Higgins said, it would like make the hair raise up on the back of your neck. He said it was the most uh, developed uh, gift of interpretation or prophesying that he had ever seen. And the reason was, he said, because the guy had such a developed vocabulary. So you'll find if uh, the Lord uses you that way, and if you're a believer, you can pray to interpret your own prayers, uh, uh, and you should, and you won't interpret all of them, but you can, that the more of the Word of God that you know, the more versed you are in the Word of God, the more uh, beautiful, really, is the interpretation or the translation. Not the translation, excuse me, but the interpretation or the prophecy. Um, so our intellect plays into our ability to uh, yield to God. So you have, like, if you know very little word, then, um, you know, and you start to prophesy, and the Lord was saying, like, uh, 
today's going to be a good day. You might just, this is the day that the Lord has made, you know. And it's, this is not the subject that I'm trying to talk about, so I'm not going to go too far in it. But you don't, like, figure out, okay, it's this, 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 whatever. But what happens is the Lord can bring that back. Remember, Jesus even told us that the Spirit of God would bring to our remembrance whatever um, Jesus had said. So the Spirit of God is the one that reminds us of what Jesus said. And then um, I'll give one more example. Uh, this was probably a couple months ago, and, um, uh, you know, most kids like their dads, so my kids love to be with me and do anything with me. And so we have a home mailbox, and then we have a church mailbox. The church mailbox is uh, off of uh, 286 in Fairfax, and the home mailbox, we live in Gainesville, so it's right at the end of our private, uh, we live off of a gravel private driveway thing, so it's at the end of that, it's maybe like a tenth of a mile. So... Um, I said, I'm going to go get the mail. And um, I don't know if I didn't talk to the kids or whatever, but um, so I go in the car and I start driving because I'm getting the church mail, which is like 30 minutes away. And um, my son Daniel apparently thought I was getting the mail at the end of the private drive. So he goes out the door and we live on like acre, acre and a half or something. So we're kind of in the country. So the kids can go out and play and come in and out and stuff like that uh, pretty much at will. And... Uh, so they're, my wife's used to them just going out. Well, he ran down our private drive all the way to the road that we live off of, which is a pretty busy, just little two-lane road. And um, we, they're not allowed to go past this little fence area, you know, where we can, cannot see them because it's so far away you can't see. And uh, my wife was in the house, and she heard him go out and didn't think anything of it. And then just a second later, she had a prompting on the inside. You need to go outside, and you need to go outside now. Well, she went, and she called for him, and there's a little stream and woods behind the house. Uh, but she ended up running down the pathway where he had gone and followed him there. And there's no reason for her to do that because they never go there. They're not allowed to go there, all that type of stuff. Well, that's where we found out uh, he was waiting for me. Uh, he thought that's the mailbox I was going to. And what he was was he was stopped in the middle of a little dirt driveway just frozen because he didn't know what to do. He's maybe like, I don't know, 15 feet from the busy road. He's just stopped there where anybody could have pulled up and said, oh, that's a good-looking kid. I'll take him. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, you know, Melody went beyond uh, the normal where you just say, oh, yeah, they're just outside playing and stuff like that and um, uh, just followed that. But she could have just as easily not, you know, because if she would have gotten in the sense realm, in the realm of reason, oh, yeah, he's just outside, he's this, he's that, or whatever. So these things you don't develop in overnight, like if I were to start bench pressing right now, you know, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not, like, hugely built. Uh, so if I started bench pressing right now, you saw me next week, I probably wouldn't lift my hands up that high because I've started to do that bench press thing before, and it's like, I'd be sore. So I'd be like, you know, I wouldn't show you, but it hurts. Um, but if I kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it, you would... Maybe you would see it. I don't know because I'm such a skinny bill. But at least if I had my shirt off, you would start to see more and more developed and toned muscles and hopefully larger muscles. Um, well, spiritually, it's the same way. You don't develop in these things overnight. It's not like all of a sudden, okay, uh, I heard this message and now I'm 100% led all the time. You know, I'm not 100% led all the time. Uh, Kenneth Hagin was not 100% led all the time. Uh, we endeavor to do that and to not miss it. But sometimes the way that you learn um, in the big things is you miss it in the little things. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. And thank God for his grace and for his mercy. But the, the children of God, 
uh, can expect and should expect, and we should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. And if you live your life in faith, in other words, you have an expectation, God is leading me, God is guiding me, you'll actually tune into his voice, and you'll find like, oh, okay, he's telling me what to do. Yeah, you know, so then when you have that, that doesn't make sense, you're kind of like, okay, but I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what we're going to do. And... Um, you end up following him more and more, and his voice becomes more and more distinct, and then you're able to uh, live a much better life because, you know, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. God knows the future. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what you need better than you, you know what you need, um, better than I know what you need. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus died for you. He was buried for you, but he rose again. And he rose again to set you free from um, your past and set you free from sickness and disease and um, the will of the devil. And his will for you is good. His will for you is that you have a long life and a good life. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, just slip up your hand. I'd love to pray for you. If you're here and you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and you'd like to be, you can slip up your hand. We'll pray for you for that as well. And if you're listening online... Uh, and you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, or you'd like to be born again, you'd like to receive Jesus Christ, take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just email us at info at anchordc.org. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you do lead us, that you guide us. Father, I pray that today and this week that you will teach us even um, more things, give us more light uh, on how you have been leading us and how you do lead us, that you'll give us um, lessons even this week that we can learn from, um, Father, that we can grow through. And Father, we ask that you would um, send people across our path, that we can tell about your son, Jesus Christ, that we can just say, you know what, my life was changed. I'm different because God came in by Jesus Christ into my life. Father, we pray for this nation as we uh, begin the process and have already begun the process of electing a president, Father. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your very best, uh, uh, your very best person to fill that office, Father. We ask that you'd move upon uh, hearts uh, of people as they vote. Father, we pray for uh, President Obama and his wife and his kids. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over them for protection. Father, we ask for wisdom for him and uh, for Vice President Biden and for the cabinet, Father, and all of our um, government workers, especially in this area, Father, we just plead the blood of Jesus over everything that concerns our nation. We declare uh, no evil will come near us, and we say, uh, Satan, you take your hands off of this region, you take your hands off of the political scene of this nation, off of the politics. Father, we just want your very best in our nation and in our land. Father, we ask for uh, godly men and women to be raised up. Father, for godly men and women to make decisions that will promote uh, the, the spread of the gospel, that will promote the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that uh, the greater one lives in us and that your spirit is greater than any devil, than any demon, uh, than any plan of the enemy to destroy this nation or to destroy our families. Yes. We thank you that you're with us and you're greater than any power of the devil. Thank you that the devil is under our feet and that he has to uh, submit to us and that we don't have to submit to him. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that prevents deception and stops every attempt of the devil to deceive us. 
Thank you, Father, that we see clearly. We pray that we would abound in your love more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. Father, we ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the eyes of our understanding being flooded with light. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.